Everybody, welcome to the Sports 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Palmville. And joining us as always is the Sports Outsider, Phil Rainsaw. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Phil. Another week of sports news and yuck-em-ups. <laughs> we got all three of those things. Two, news and yuck-em-ups. <laughs> yes. No, and sports. Oh, I meant sports news oh, and yuck-em-ups. I didn't, see, I didn't see where you put the comma. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was I not it was an Oxford sports, comma. comma, news, comma, and yuck It was sports news and yuck Right, because it's not general news. It's not like we're going to be like, Benjamin Netanyahu lost the election. Benjamin Netanyahu crushed it on a black diamond. BB. <laughs> He's the BB that's not BB-8? Yes. He's the other BB? I think that's correct. Yeah. Baby, <laughs> this is the, a sports comedy. He's the podcast. more racist, BB. Yeah, come on, Joel. Uh, this is a sports comedy podcast. Uh, I'm Phil Rand. I'm the sports outsider. I know very little about sports. You guys know uh, some something about sports. And uh, all uh, comedians living in Los Angeles by yeah. way of Michigan. By way of Michigan, living so. in one house. See the sparks fly. <laughs> oh man! And wouldn't would, we would wouldn't we be a fun sitcom? I'm always oh, saying yeah. my life would be a funny sitcom. We oh, actually right. have like a real world style podcast that we're waiting release in like one batch. Yeah, that it's all recordings of us like arguing with each other uh, behind the scenes. It's called Huge Brother. <laughs> I wanted to workshop that title, but you were really locked in. <laughs> well. I mean, we're bigger than normal people, yeah. so we're like, Big Brother, but we're huge, Oh, that's brother. right. There's that show named Big Brother. Come that on, That name's even Joel. better than I thought it was, Jordan. Come on, Joel. We have a, well, we have a huge show today. Oh, we Great. do. Great. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, this is big news in the sporting world. Kansas has been hit with some pretty serious level one uh, NCAA violations. Ooh, that's Shocked. the highest level. Shocked to know there was gambling going on. <laughs> right, and it, one of them is lack of institutional control. So we we did not get Coach Bill Self, right? I okay. thought that was a little selfish of him not to come on and discuss ooh, it. But. Ooh, ooh, that one didn't feel good. Yep. No. Uh, we could not get the AD, but we did get Big J. Big J is the Kansas Jayhawk. The Big Bird. Yeah, the, their mascot, well, Rock yeah. Chalk Jayhawk. Okay. Rock and Chalk who's know Jayhawk? More about That's something they say. They say Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Why? It's a sports thing. They've been rock saying it for chalk? a long time. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. What is Rock Chalk? I think I looked this up. It uh it it's a bastardization of like rah rah or something like that. It That's was initially weird. something else, but it sounded like rock chalk, ugh. and then that became the thing like eighty years ago. Do we have to have him on the show? After I hear that, <laughs> I'm like, ugh. Ask, ask him to explain well, Rock Chalk talk, Jayhawk. Let me you know you. what? I'll ask him to explain it okay. for you. Totally. Let me tell you a quick story about uh, Kansas. I was I was having coffee with a friend that I worked on a different show with. Name dropper. Yeah. 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 Friend. Hey. And, uh, someone's he, got friends. Uh, he is from Kansas. He yeah. went to KU. Okay. And uh, had family that went to KU. And he had a great uncle. It was his uh, dad's uncle. And uh, he was talking to him when he was his uncle was very old, and he was talking to him. He's like, "Well, tell me about your time at KU." And he's like, "I played on the basketball team, you know." And mm-hmm. and he goes, uh, "You know, um, our coach he thought basketball wasn't uh, becoming enough a gentleman's game. He wanted to raise the hoop." And uh, as my friend asked his great uncle, he goes, "Who who was your coach?" He goes, "Oh, Coach Naismith." Naismith, James Naismith invented the game of basketball. 
He also coached oh, at Kansas. How that old was, is he? Exactly. That's what. That's what. That's what. That was like the punchline wow. in the story that my friend was telling me. Saying so, the inventor of basketball coached this very yeah. old man. Yes, and and for, for those wanted you, to raise the hoop because it was be, worrying that it wasn't becoming. It wasn't enough a gentleman's game anymore. Yeah, that's fair. For for those of you at home who couldn't see what happened when Jordan delivered the Naismith punchline. Joel looked at Jordan and all with facial expression dropped his jaw. And yeah, went, it, was, wow. it was like a smiling wow. And meanwhile, Phil was across there furling his brow like, where's, I don't understand this story. I'm, I beef? know I've heard the it's name Naismith before, yeah. but I was trying to figure out if it was like, have I seen a basketball card with a player that said Naismith? He, he's he might the have been Canadian the, who invented the only American sport. Wow. And Canadians the, can do things. The... the uh, basketball equivalent of the Heisman Trophy is named after him. He's like, I'm gonna go ahead and invent uh, the basketball. That is not what <laughs> That's Canadians what I'm sound gonna, like. I'm gonna no, invent they... the basketball game there, then. Well, afterwards, you wanna get a coffee? Oh, I'm gonna go to Tim Hortons and get myself <laughs> a coffee and some Timbits. You do know Tim Horton was a hockey player, right? No. Really? Wait, really? Oh, man. I, I was sure Tim Horton was just a restaurateur. No, Actually, no. He, he... I might have known that vaguely, but... You guys didn't... No, I, I don't remember. I really thought Tim about it. Have you Tim been Horton? to a Tim Hortons? I have eaten Tim Hortons many. Don't you challenge there is me? Very on Tim often Hortons. at Tim Hortons, a Tim picture, Hortons. a picture of the Tim Horton playing for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, huh? In I don't a think Tim I've Hortons. actually been into a Tim Hortons. Maybe huh? I thought it was just I mean, like general Canada donuts, stuff. But... Like, of course they have a hockey picture because it's like it's <laughs> Tim. Yeah, Hortons. but it was like you know in Detroit. I'm assuming there was were there uh, Tim Hortons in Grand Rapids, Lansing. Oh, you betcha. There's one oh, in Grand Haven. I don't think. Okay, there's yeah. a Grand Haven Tim Hortons. I remember my folks were really excited when Tim Hortons came I guess in. There, there must be one somewhere in the Greater Lansing area, but it might have come there after I moved, or I just never went there because I weren't. I'll just say it's a sports comedy podcast. Right. Dunkin' we Donuts have, minus flavor. We have uh, yeah. Big J, the Jayhawk, yep. coming on yep. the show. Uh, Phil, do we got a wide world of weird sports? You're goddamn right we do. And news, news, news. But first, Cleveland Browns Super Bowl update. Watch update. Cleveland Browns Super Bowl update. Watch update. Brought to you by the State of Ohio Tourism Commission. We have nothing to do. <laughs> Cleveland Browns lose embarrassing game at home. Uh, in prime time. Oh, Whoa. no. That's the worst time to lose a game. That, uh, that's nice. It's one of those like, oh, I've eaten mango in a whole bunch of different ways, but I've never had it in salsa before. <laughs> fair. <laughs> this is totally so familiar fair. and yet new. <laughs> totally fair. Did you have that one in your back pocket? That was pretty good. Yeah. That was way no, better than a regular That was Joel a good joke. salsa take. <laughs> yeah, that was like that was that, a great That was ma- like John Mulaney crowd work I you had I, going yeah. there. I, I, didn't, I didn't know the food I was going to use when I started that sentence. So it thanks, worked, guys. It worked yeah. very oh well. Oh, my God. Uh, subheadline, Clevelanders are losing hope. Sub, subheadline, just kidding. Hope left downtown Cleveland when a number of Sunbelt cities offered tax incentives for Hope's North American headquarters. Oh, that's yep. tough. So it actually yeah. left a while ago. Makes sense. Uh, the Cleveland Browns faced off against the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football, the defending NFC champions against an AFC team defending itself against a wrongful ban civil lawsuit by a good-natured bartender. <laughs> uh, sorry, DJ. Oh, what a right bartender. One second, let me take a sip here. All right, which, by the way, we've not had an update on that story. I've been searching for it every week to see if we can get any information on DJ Eric Smith. Sure. See if he's getting his ban lifted. Nothing. Yeah. What a creative DJ name. I know they're known for that, but <laughs> yeah, it's like Dead Mouse. Yeah, it's like Skrilla or whatever. Marshmallow. That one is. Skrillex. Yeah. Skrillex. 
the Browns entered the game one and one and through a newly renovated player's entrance that out of optimism had the bulletproof glass eliminated before the season. Oh, lucky. Cocky move. Yeah, yep. doing better than most public schools in America. <laughs> Doing better than most public schools in America. Wake up. We shouldn't be laughing, but yeah. Wake up, America. The broadcast had a somewhat ominous start. Uh, usually, you know, they have the player introductions. Phil, I don't know if you've seen this on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, but mm-hmm. players introduce themselves and they usually say their name. Yep. And then sometimes for where they went to school or where they're from. They go, Joe Dumars. <laughs> no, it's, it's usually like Jordan Pomaville. University of Michigan. Oh, the Key and Peele sketch. I mean, yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. Okay, I was trying to. Personally, anyway, I think all people should, all athletes should be introduced with that first one. Yes, right. So they walk out in the field, and the announcer goes, "Joe Dumas." I remember that when my dad took me to yeah. Pistons games when I was a kid, back when he thought that I was going to be a man, and <laughs> uh, didn't work. But, yeah. but I mean, regardless of their actual name, they should all be Joe Dumars. For the purpose of the introduction. I would add the, the Bulls one because the Bulls always had the height and the school they were from. I don't know if the Pistons ever did that. They'd be like, 6'6", six, six, from University of North Carolina. Why would you sully something as beautiful as Joe Dumars? With <laughs> well, I'm just Irrelevant saying, detail. Add a little, get a little, anyway. Uh, the broadcast started with that where Odell Beckham Jr. just said, OBJ, I'm him. Wow, what an astonishing huh. asshole. Yeah, right? Okay, so that's how it started. He had six receptions, total of 56 yards. Not a great day in your fantasy team. Yeah, uh, but that's him. <laughs> but, of course, the highlight of the night would be one of the browniest brown blunders of brown time. Ooh, that's that's a pretty high bar you're sitting there. All right, mm-hmm. and here, Joel, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but please weigh in on this. Okay. Fourth and nine, mm-hmm. early in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Browns are down four points. They mm-hmm. do have the ball just on the Rams' side of the field. Okay, so like outside of the 40, though. Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, and they're going to they're go for it. They go for it on fourth down. On fourth and nine? Fourth and nine. Now, if it's a fourth and nine, what play call would you do? Flea flicker. You know what? Like the creativity, Phil. Thank you. I mean, no, I just saw that in the Eli Manning commercial. <laughs> the one with Peyton, the dogs. Peyton, 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 Peyton Manning. Flea Flicker. Yeah. That's actually... Got it. Oh, you that would be a playbook? terrible call because the Flea Flicker works because you make like you're going to run when in fact you're going to pass, but no one would believe that you're going to run on fourth and nine, which is why I might say a draw play maybe... Well, Joel, beyond that, you should pass. Like. You nailed it. They did a halfback draw, attempting to have running back Nick Chubb run for the first down out of the shotgun and keep their drive alive. I mean, I should place a caveat with that, and it would have to be like you've got a real specific read on the defense where you can identify that they've been consistently you know, deep rushing you in the edge and they're going to be exposed in the middle. Well, Nick Chubb was tackled after two yards. Yeah, see, that's... Maybe uh, he was... On fourth and five, I definitely like to do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Chubb. Okay, so since ESPN began video tracking the NFL in 2007, there has never been a draw play called on fourth and nine or more. (laughs) You wouldn't... If you're going for it on fourth and nine, you need to throw it at the sticks at least. 100%. Uh, Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens, that's the coach, said after the game that the draw was in fact the play he wanted to run and that it was just a bad call. It didn't work. <laughs> you don't say. It was a bad call. We're trying to win the game. We're on that side of the field. Bad call. 
going for it in fourth and nine at all. Like, I know the field position's advantageous, but that whole everyone should go for it in fourth down thing is predicated on it being like fourth and short. Fourth and manageable, at yeah. least. Yeah. At like That's how I played Tecmo four, Super Bowl. Yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but. Works for me. But different. It's a 50 50. But you, that was Tecmo Super Bowl, not Madden, where you just put the wide receiver at quarterback and do the Wildcat oh, every was, play on your I dad. Was, I was no longer playing by the time Madden came around. <laughs> Any, anything up to fourth and four, and it's like your whole playbook's open, and they have to cover your whole playbook. But at fourth and nine, like the whole reason you're running a draw play is it's like, well, we obviously can't run, so they're going to cover pass. Mm-hmm. So we might try and game theory it, but even a brilliant draw play is frequently. You get eight yards. I was going to say like, that Whoa! that'd be a, yeah seven yards would be a very successful draw yeah. play. Well, that's a bad day. But according to a gambling bra- blog, brog, the Action Network, one bold gambler put a whopping five hundred and six thousand dollars on the Browns to cover as three point five home dogs in Atlantic City. It's a bad idea. Per uh, this was how uh, could they not know that was a bad idea? Who has a half million dollars and bets it on football and doesn't understand that it should never be the Browns? Not a bad mm-hmm. yeah. This is the biggest bet uh, that this book had received in the NFL season so far, and the single biggest bet that the spokesperson could remember. The bet ran counter to the betting action for the game, with betters heavily favoring the Rams to cover. Sure. Uh, the 20 to 13 final score resulted actually in most sports books taking a bath on what was apparently the heaviest bet game of the season so far. Why didn't they move the line then? I mean, I think I think it opened up at like two, two and a half, and it got up to oh, like and they kept three. moving it. it. Yeah. So if people keep betting into one side, does that move the line? Yes. Yeah. It can move the line. Yeah. The sports books want to be like stockbrokers. They want to facilitate you making a bet, but they want no part of the risk of the actual bet. They also want to do coke off a stripper's ass. Right. Oh, oh, I love the risk. That's like less, Vegas. less relevant to... <laughs> oh, you were saying they're like stockbrokers. No, but I oh, find... Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I, I, so, so it is relevant in that sense. Yeah. yeah. The way Jordan explained it made me understand the way you explained <laughs> it. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Brooklyn Nets unveil new home court that's all gray. What? Subheadline, early reviews are, it's okay? (laughs) Sub-subheadline, color meant to evoke the drab Orwellian future that will soon envelop us all. I kind of wish they made a decision between black and white. (laughs) (laughs) They tried tried to split the difference, and it just wasn't the same thing. The Brooklyn Nets unveiled the league's first all gray court on Monday making Barclays Center feel more like the borough it proudly calls home. So I'm, I'm sorry, is this like the exterior or is the actual the court. court floor? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not the first great court in basketball. That oh. would belong to my parents' and sisters' alma mater, Oakland University. Oh, the Rochester, uh, They're the Golden Grizzlies. Oh, that's one. Uh, the Rochester Hills, Michigan-based OU Grizzlies changed their court to a gray color like two years ago to evoke black tops. And so as far as marketing gimmicks go, this one is on par with a slightly above average Summit League commuter college. Sure. Yeah. Right. It's, hey, Oakland's a good school. Look, first of all, I, I, look, <laughs> I'm a Golden... vastly underrated. I, look, I go to the games, okay? <laughs> yeah. And I want to say, because I know your first question was like, how gray is it? Not very gray. Yeah. Because no. it still looks... It looks... it. Because when I first heard Oakland was doing it, I was like, what's that going to look like? Is it actually going to look like a blacktop? Right. No. It looks like court that has a very very like heather like a henley shirt 
like a heathered, oh, yeah. Henley-looking, yeah. but clearly on brown wood. So, like, right. as gimmicks go, yeah. on one end of the spectrum, we have not a big deal. And on the other hand, we have uh, Boise State's football field. Yeah. Like, this is a monstrosity, and you're only doing this to feel special, and you're making all of us suffer for it. Well, I don't agree with that take on Boise State. However... Really? Yeah, I don't. Neon blue! You know what? If cool. you don't have tradition, do something weird. Because all tradition is, is you doing something weird once and sticking to it. Yeah, Christmas. So, right, like, but like this... Oregon, Oregon, yeah, right? Oregon, for instance, and their multiple uniforms, it's like, they have no tradition. Their tradition now is, they always have a different uniform. Right. But I would put that at, like, a six or a seven, where I would put Boise State's at, like, a ten of obnoxiousness. I also like, read, like, an article about the AD, and when he made that choice, basically, they still weren't good at football yet. And they were like, we got to re- replace the, the artificial turf. And he's like, okay, great. How much is it going to cost? And he looked at the building and went, whoa, it's going to cost that much? And they're like, yeah, that's how much you know, a football field artificial turf costs. Well, can we do anything to at least stand out? For, <laughs> there we go. Basically, like, I, this is like three quarters of my budget for the year. I, I thought you were going to say. This is, that's the actual story, by I the way. I thought you were going to say that neon blue AstroTurf was significantly less that's where expensive. I thought you were going to. Because who the hell would pick a right, color? Like, we that got all this AstroTurf. Oh, that, but that's it's the, the color weird it color. naturally occurs in. They have to paint it green, Joel. <laughs> sure. Neon, AstroTurf if, is naturally occurring as a neon blue. If they were saving money, I actually would have backed off a lot and been like, okay, that's their color. And if they, they get a big discount but if they spent that much in a field and opted to make it something that would make every game completely unwatchable joe you have hd now right it's not that bad to i don't look know at. that i do actually okay <laughs> anyway you know i i don't know much about football but when i hear the words boise state i'm like oh that's that team that beat michigan no no it's They've not never played michigan that's appalachian I thought, state you're thinking of. that's the one appalachian never mind state, yeah okay so but anyway i would say it's it's a gimmick in that it's dumb, but it's not altering the court in a super meaningful way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, however, it's one of those things. We covered this on the podcast. Florida International University made their court look like a beach with palm trees, That's a fun. wave, Ooh. and sand. Yeah. Uh, Cal State Bakersfield has a blue court okay. with like yellow in the paint. Long Beach State has palm trees. Northern Kentucky, they're the Norse. They have Norths? Norse. The they Norse, have, like Norsemen, like yeah. Vikings. They have the silhouette of a Viking ship. George Washington has National Mall monuments. Hmm. Memphis okay. uh, Tigers have the Memphis Wait, skyline. are they like in the middle of the court? Because I feel like people might run and into in them. And in play. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Because uh, if they're to scale, it really seems like it would be hard to play basketball like around that. Well, the Washington Monument is very cool on the court. But anyway, <laughs> uh, San Jose State. They're also interested to see a dome with something poking up out of it. <laughs> They're the Spartans, so they have a bunch of Spartans on the, on the thing with shields ready for battle. But what's the common denominator here? Mid-major basketball programs. <laughs> no real schools are doing a gimmicky floor because yeah. it's dumb and gimmicky. And the Brooklyn Nets are, that's like a, a D1 major college <laughs> yeah, basketball exactly. program. Well, they're, they're the second team in a city that loves the Knicks so unconditionally uh, they, they, the Knicks are terrible, and the ownership group is terrible. I, I think that was redundant. Yeah. I think any love of the Knicks at this point is obviously unconditional. What about Spike Lee? But it's yeah, he loves them unconditionally. Yeah. Oh, I see. Like like uh, a parent loves a child, or like someone from Toronto loves the Maple Leafs. Oh, just sure. an unconditional love, no matter what. Right. And uh, so, but they're they're competing with them, and so let's hear what their uh, their marketing uh, gurus came up with here. Okay. 
The colors of our new floor, weathered wood and concrete gray, represent playground courts throughout the Bureau, the brownstone-lined streets, and Brooklyn's industrial foundation. The palette ingrains the grit and determination of Brooklyn into our playing surface. Oh, marketing people are the worst. Right? It was also the least expensive option at Sherwin-Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Also, it's like, we could also describe it as being like, the same color as old oatmeal you don't want to eat. Right. It's the same color as sadness. You know overnight oats and how tasty it is? But how does it look? That's the color of this floor. Have you seen Schindler's List? The whole movie is this court. (laughs) Joining us now on the podcast, we have Big J, the Kansas Jayhawk. It's good to be here, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, Big J, how are you? It's good to be here. It's always Absolutely. fun to have a mascot on the show. It's it's another episode of our continuing uh, segment, Better Know a Mascot. Right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, now you get to get better know me, but not just that, but I get to talk, clear the air about a scandal. Absolutely. We, we really felt like these two things felt so uh, fit so well together. We were like, let's dovetail it into one interview. That's smart. Get it? I'm glad that dovetail. That's yeah, a funny no, bird pun. <laughs> Joel, you make the funniest bird puns. Thank you. This is a good guest. Yeah, yeah. no, you're you're uh yeah. I don't know. I'll be honest. I, I'm coming into this a little skeptical, okay. Big Jay, because I'm wondering, can a mascot really clear the air on a scandal of this magnitude? Oh, this is the thing, Jordan. Mascots see everything. People don't know we're watching. We're always watching. Well, that was kind of terrifying. Yeah. Well, in that case, I mean, if behind my big cartoony eyes are eyes that can see. (laughs) Okay, but doesn't that mean that you would be completely aware of all of the violations that Kansas has been accused of? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I was hanging out at the Soho house the other night with George Clooney, and he said, did you know about the Kansas City, the the Kansas U kickbacks? And I went, of course not. I'm just a mascot. Wait. How how could you afford to hang out at the Soho, the Soho house? house? With out there George Clooney. Dog. Well, if George Clooney's a member, then he could invite Big J. See, but how would how would George Clooney know Big J? No, we we like we're at a wine tasting club together. So you're saying you didn't get any kickbacks? No, of course you, not. You are in a wine tasting. I'm just club a mascot with... that sees everything. <laughs> I mean, it would be kind of silly for the kickback to go to the mascot. I mean. Right. You want the ma- I, you want the kickbacks to go to the players, right? Okay, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but it just sounds like if he's in a wine club with George Clooney. I mean, how do you think I would get all that money by selling these twelve hundred dollars shoes? You wearing twelve twelve hundred dollars Adidas shoes? Oh are they nice? Those are limited edition. Again, how how would you have those if they weren't some sort of kickback from hashtag Adidas? hype beast? What's crazy is how the sneaker fits around each of your talons. There. Exactly, I gotta get a custom made because I'm a bird. Those are those are customized. I'm a Jayhawk. Oh. Gotta get them customized. That's Bruh. nice. Those right. are nice shoes. You see how bendy the soles are? That's so he can still pick up small oh, rodents in his right? talons. That's amazing. I know. Yesterday I was on a yacht with Kevin Hart, and he was saying, those are nice shoes. I said, I know Kevin Hart. I, I don't believe that. I'm, he would never wear Nikes or right. Adidas. I'm also He's really, a Nike man. really glad to hear, apparently, that Kevin Hart is recovering well from his back injuries. Right? That's I why would. he has to be on a yacht, because he can't do anything else. Oh, well, he's working all the time. Yeah, but again, why were you on Kevin Hart's yacht? 
Like it, you're you're a college mascot who lives in Kansas. Because we're in the same yacht club. <sighs> How would you be in a yacht club unless you're taking kickbacks? Because I have three yachts. You have three uh, How many, I do. Uh, lakes or rivers are there in Lawrence, Kansas? No, that's a thing. I park them out in Los Angeles. First of all, Marina Del Rey. You don't yacht in a river, Jordan. You boat in a river. You do not yacht in a river. Oh, yeah. I can see. I did not know this. Yachts are too big for rivers. Yeah. Unless it's like unless the it's a riverboat. What about a lake? Could you like yacht a riverboat with a lake? Paddle? You could, but I also feel like how many, you want to yacht places where people will see your yacht. Oh. I don't know anything about yacht culture. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sort of assuming this. You don't have to go on the yacht with me. I've got plenty. You know yeah. uh, you know how I got the money for it? How'd you get the money Investing for it? in corn. I mean. Corn. That that would have been a Corn futures. That's corn, what corn I invested futures in. are way down Brr. because of the tariffs from China. I mean, on paper. You could have invested in it a long time ago. Did yeah. you short corn futures? That's what I meant. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. How exactly did you go about shorting corn futures? I I called up my accountant. I said, short corn futures. (laughs) You know, I don't think think we're getting to the crux of the biscuit here, which is... Biscuits don't have cruxes. Did Adidas act as an agent for the school to give money to players and funnel those players to coach Bill Self to play for the Kansas University basketball team. Oh, I'm sure that they did some rotten things, but I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm just a bird. A bird that sees everything. A bird that sees everything. <laughs> but you did not see anything there. No. So so you're There's saying... certain things I don't see. <laughs> what are you're not a bird that sees everything. <laughs> Give me, give me a rundown of the things you don't see. All right, this is the this is my general rule. I see what happens during the game. Okay. I see what happens during the after party, but I don't see what happens at the after after party. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, where all of these deals were brokered. Right. <laughs> I go into the meetings. But I don't see what happens in the hallways outside. We, the we've meeting. been doing this podcast for a long time, and we've heard a lot of really flimsy excuses for bad behavior, most of which Jordan has bought hook, line, and sinker. I like to think of myself as a reasonable person. Uh, you're not. You're you're too trusting, and you're too forgiving. But this might be the shallowest, thinnest explanation for misbehavior Joel, that we've ever heard on the podcast. I see what happens during the practices. But I don't see what's happening under the bleachers. Is that is that where they go to make illicit deals with the Adidas reps? Under the bleachers? You know, I know we're not getting a lot of straight answers out of this guy, Joel. But he does have a lot of famous friends. Oh my God, and Jordan. I'm just... I mean, I'm, I can handle I'm a little, ignorance, but I'm willful li- ignorance I'm a little really starstruck me. here. Okay. He was on a yacht with Kevin Hart. He was... He's in a wine club with George Clooney. Don't you see that that's evidence of how corrupt he really is? That's not true. I'm not corrupt. These people are my real friends. How much? What is your salary as the mascot? Well, that's pretty rude to ask somebody. Yeah, it is a kind of. You should be ashamed of yourself. I was talking to my friend Billie Eilish the other day, and I was like, "Hey, Billie Eilish, isn't it rude to ask about money?" And she goes, "Here's some money," and I'm like, "I know." Isn't she like 17? I'm a bird. I'm 17 too. I guess it's different bird years. Yeah, but I I'm sorry. It just it really seems like you've obviously been 
a part of these kickbacks. It, 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 it does seem it. like you're living a lavish nah. lifestyle. Lavish, nah. very interesting, very exciting. Maybe something I want to be a part of lifestyle. Quite nah. frankly, more lavish than anyone else at KU. <laughs> hey, wait a, Bill no, Self wait a owns second. Three yachts. I live out no, with Kevin come Hart. On. Come on, I live in Kansas. It almost sounds like I live in an apartment building <laughs> where I have all of the apartments <laughs> to myself. If I'm gonna be honest, what's the name of the apartment? I call it Los Mansiones. What does that mean? I don't know. I was hoping yeah. for something like the birdcage. <laughs> no. Hey, listen, it's though. Los I, Mansiones. I really gotta say, what it sounds to me like is that Big J here is not so much complicit in the the kickback structure as much as he was organizing it. Hey, what are you saying? Seems, I'm some sort of my boss. It seems clear to me that he said I'm some sort of kingpin. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, you'll never catch me. I'm Big J. You'll never find me. I'll just fly away. Pretty sure you're flightless, Big J. That's true. I am. <laughs> I'll take my uh, my Aston Martin then. Jordan, you, you got, you've got nothing to say about... I, I think... I mean, here's the thing. A college mascot owning an Aston Martin, three yachts, and paying marina fees in Los Angeles for all three of them. And you've got... Nothing that says that this person might be more heavily involved in the payoffs than he's saying. Well, that. now that you mention it, I'm starting to think you're up to no good. How do you know I don't come from old money? <laughs> he could come from. My old money. dad was the bald uh, eagle that was on the dollar bill. Is actually. Oh wait, and your great granddad was Big J Gould. Yeah, that's so, the one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that. Okay, and my cousin is Big J Okerson, the stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> You should probably start calling yourself Huge J. That's a good one, I might. <laughs> yeah. That's what the ladies call me. Yeah. Oh, well, nice. Jay, this has been illuminating uh, on several levels. Free uh, Kansas! We finally got <laughs> Jordan to own up to... I, yeah, no, I, I think maybe you were organizing something. We didn't you. do anything wrong that I saw. <laughs> And do you see everything? I see everything. Yeah, okay. It's just right. bird. Okay, that's you are the most everything. suspicious bird, Big J. Okay. Well, I'll say what we know he's not, and that's a stool pigeon. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you very much for You're your time today, Big J. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. What do you wide world of weird sports? 356 <laughs> episodes, and Joel still doesn't know. Okay, in 356 episodes, I've only screwed up that particular thing like 16 times. I think that that's, so what, that's, yeah, that's pretty times good batting That's actually average. pretty good. Usually yeah. you undershoot it. I would be wrong. the greatest hitter in the history of baseball <laughs> if I went uh, 340 for 356. That is yeah, correct. Which yeah. makes sense. I mean, I can hit an 80-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, you so can. I'm no, you good. absolutely can. This week's Wild Rooter at Sports, Tommy Burns. Tommy Burns. Yeah. What? Tommy Burns, uh, born June 17th, 1881, died oof, May 10th, 1955, which is also Lucy's birthday. May what? 10th, my daughter's birthday. <laughs> 1955? Yeah, 1955. Huh. She She's, looks great for her age. Right? That's what I always tell her. <laughs> she looks so much younger than that. Right? Uh, he was born Noah Brusso. He's the only Canadian-born world heavyweight boxing champion. I, I don't understand how the Canadian... Men, oh, he must have been French-Canadian or something. No, Tommy Burns. That's not a very French name. Yeah, but 
But the idea of a Canadian fighting with someone just seems... I mean, well, hockey. You've watched hockey. Oh, that's true. But that's hockey. that's the only instance in which any sort of impoliteness is acceptable. Sure. Sometimes you're fighting for dollars. <laughs> dollars. <laughs> the first to travel the globe in defending his title, Tommy made 11 title defenses, despite often being the underdog due to his size. Oh, heart of a champion, though, yeah, I bet. Yeah, heart of a champion. Oh, that's, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say for a little while, so I'll get you out of your suspense. Uh, five foot seven inches. Whoa! Yeah. And he held the heavyweight title? Yeah, 11 title defenses. Does it say how much he weighed? Uh, he weighed... 350. 355. <laughs> uh, it actually doesn't say how much he weighed, but in the pictures, he looks pretty not big, right? Yeah. The reason... Uh, this is how I found this one. I googled... Real life Little Mac from Punch Out, <laughs> and this guy came up. So yeah, I, I have often noticed that Punch Out seems to be a boxing game that ignores the whole weight class issue. Oh, Little Mac is about uh, maybe five percent yeah. the size of the people he's boxing, including Some, Mike Tyson. Something they were, worked out in the early days of boxing is that sure. the big guy only always wins unless you create parameters. Sure. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. There was a whole lot of matches where it was like, huh, that guy's definitely the better boxer, but he's still lost. <laughs> but he's got a big Band-Aid over his belly button. <laughs> what happens if I hit him there? Uh, Burns famously challenged all comers as heavyweight champion, leading to a celebrated bout with American Jack Johnson. Oh, shit. Yeah. So what era this. is this? Give me a... Uh, 1881 to 1955, so it was like... 30s Wait, 1881 the 50s. to 1955? That's how no. he lived. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, oh my God. So what is be, I mean, I want to say Jack Johnson was big in like the early aughts. Okay. The, yeah, it okay, says that his first, he won uh, first. Uh, and in, again in the early aughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 1906 is when he first um, won. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this run was around there. Wait, was he one of the people who was like the quote unquote heavyweight champion? Because. No, he traveled. He, did, the he didn't have to fight Jack Johnson. No, he did. Right, he did eventually. But yeah. I mean, did he hold the title for a while because Jack Johnson La, da, wasn't? Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's Jack Johnson. Oh no, the singer. This would be Jack Johnson, the black title fighter who wasn't allowed to be heavyweight champion until oh. they finally let him, and then he was the first black man to do it, and then he also completely annihilated the white guy. And we were talking big. about a sun-baked guitar player who wears sandals. Right. Yeah. He's got very straw-looking hats. <laughs> well, let's, let's cut straight to the Jack Johnson stuff so you can learn about that. In December 1908, Burns agreed about with, to a bout with Jack Johnson, becoming the first fighter to agree to a heavyweight championship bout with an African-American. Mm. Burns lost his title in the match held in Sydney. He had refused to fight Johnson until Australian promoter Hugh D. McIntosh paid him $30,000 for the fight, of which Johnson received $5,000. Oof. Yeah, what is this, Hollywood 2019? Well, I mean, generally speaking, if you hold the belt, you're the bigger draw, so you get a huge share of the purse. Oof. I don't know if it's usually that. Joel, I wouldn't fight on this side of this one. No, that's... No, that's... that's, that's, (laughs) Uh, Burns was rumored to be suffering from uh, the effects... From jaundice or influenza, and weighed in at 168 pounds, oh my God. which Jack was 15 was pounds like lighter five. than his previous fight. Yeah, well below Johnson's 
192 pounds. Oh, wow. I didn't know Johnson only weighed yeah. that much. The fight lasted 14 rounds before being stopped by the police. <laughs> That's how must have been how they did it back then. Where uh. <laughs> they're just like, this is getting crazy. <laughs> Bringing the paddy wagon. Does it <laughs> say why the police stopped it? Was no, it? It's, just, it's just kind of a throwaway line in the Wikipedia <laughs> you article. You can't just leave that in there. Now, referee Hugh McIntosh awarded the decision of the title to Johnson. But what did the chief of police say? He said, ah, oh, see, there's, a, there's people street fighting out there. This would be they, in Australia. Right. Oh, see, this is a, this is quite a fight going on here. <laughs> we got a Crikey. different school card. Boy, boy, Cricky got pinched straight down to, in the mouth of the jack jaw. Burns is up five rules to three. Right. <laughs> uh, in a filmed interview, Burns ranked Johnson as the second best boxer of his time after James J. Jeffries. JJJ. Uh, Johnson defeated Jeffries in 1910 when Jeffries, who hadn't fought in six years, came out of retirement to fight. Yeah, that was when... The perfect uh, time to beat someone up. All, all of the, the racist white people in America were like, what do you mean a black man's good at boxing? And they were right. really upset about it, so they drew Jeffries out of retirement. And sure. he got his ass handed <laughs> yeah. to him. It is said that Jeffries was grossly out of shape and had lost much of his muscle. The perfect time to punch him in the face a bunch of times and say you're a better boxer than them. Yeah. Though, in fairness, they might have also just been saying that because they didn't want to admit that a black man could be a better boxer. Right. In 1909, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Jackson, jo- Johnson told a crowd of people that Burns deserved credit as the only white heavyweight who ever gave a black man a chance to win the title. He said, Let me say of Mr. Burns, a Canadian and one of yourselves, that he's done what no one else ever did. He gave the black man a chance for the championship. He was beaten, but he was game. That's a really good point. Right? I mean, any 5'7 man who decided to fight Jack Johnson, arguably criminally insane, and he right. lasted 14 rounds without Being being that out. much lighter. But That's also, insane. criminally insane, but also game. Yeah, right? right? I mean, put that in the context of the, the purse split. <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, so oh, I'm signing up to get my ass beat. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I get more. Also, he might have been well aware of the fact that this was going to be his last chance to make money at boxing. Oh, sure. Because a lot of people might have been like, "We're not going to let you box anymore because you were willing to." Last do night, it. I drove um, the Model T into the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> starting to lose my faculties. <laughs> Well, let's talk about his real last match in 1920, a month after his 39th birthday. So 14 years after he lost to Jack Johnson. Burns challenged British champion Joe Beckett. Burns was stopped in the seventh round when, after suffering two knockdowns, his corner threw in the towel to end the fight. Yeah. That was the end of his career. (laughs) Like, as as committed as we all are to you winning, we also care about you as a person. (laughs) Yeah. And we can't let you get pummeled anymore. It looks like the police didn't want to stop that one, yeah, right? right? He had a happy ending, though. 1948, Burns was ordained as a minister and then died at the ripe old age of 73. Oh, that is a pretty happy ending. Right? That's pretty good. A right? boxer minister was like, oh, if you don't worship Christ, I'm going to punch you in the jack jewel. <laughs> Even though he was Canadian. <laughs> you you just missed a chance to do your Canadian accent. For right. Me. I'm going to punch you right in the jaw if you don't worship they Jesus do not Christ. sound like that. Oh, a couple of them kind of sound like that. <laughs> and that brings it on to another wide world of weird sports. I became an ordained minister, which is way happier ending than most athletes we cover in this one. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings a close on the sports, sports, sports podcast. Before we go, we're going to bring back Rock Chalk Jayhawk 
Big J. Could you uh, give our contact information? You can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. While you're there, make sure you don't see too much. <laughs> or you can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. And just like all the other birds, they see everything. <laughs> or you can find all of our back episodes, anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Visit the podcast. Thank you, Big J. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey guys, Joel. Joel, I gotta say, I feel like a bit of a turkey about that interview. I don't think I called him. Bye, Joel. Joel.